Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do great work. And you can visit the website, give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including uh, the chairman of the Cato Institute and author, Bob Levy. We'll be talking about the uh, Biden student loan transfer or forgiveness or whatever you want to call it. Also, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, will be with us as well. It is August the 31st, and on this day in 1935, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the Neutrality Act, or Senate Joint Resolution Number 173, which he called an expression of the desire to avoid any action which might involve the U.S. in war. The signing came at the time when newly installed fascist governments in Europe were beginning to beat the drums of war. In a public statement that day, Roosevelt said that the new law would require American vessels to obtain a license to carry arms, would restrict Americans from sailing on ships from hostile nations, and would impose an embargo on the sale of arms to belligerent nations. Most observers understood belligerent to imply Germany under the new leader Adolf Hitler and Italy under Benito Mussolini. It also provided the strongest language yet, warning other countries that the U.S. would increase its patrol of foreign submarines lurking in American waters. This was seen as a response to Hitler's March 1935 announcement that Germany would no longer honor the terms of the Treaty of Versailles, which prohibited Germany from rebuilding her military. He had then immediately stepped up the country's submarine production. Although the legislation stated that the U.S. intended to stay out of foreign wars, Roosevelt insisted that the country could not foresee a future situation in which the U.S. might not have to amend its neutral stance, noting that history is filled with unforeseeable situations that call for some flexibility of action. Roosevelt contended that the law would not prevent the U.S. from cooperating with other similarly-minded governments to promote peace. In other words, he left plenty of room for America to change his mind regarding the sale of arms to friendly countries and gave it the right to exercise options to protect her own safety. This came to pass in March 1941 when the passing of the Lend-Lease Act increased Americans' military exports to British, the British in order to help them fight off Hitler's advance toward England. One of my favorite movies, uh, High Noon. Uh, <laughs> I think it starred Gregory Pick. Anyhow, it's a, it's a great movie about those very times. In any event, uh, on this day, again, the Neutrality Act. Allotted in the West as the man who helped bring down the Berlin Wall and end the Cold War without bloodshed, Mikhail Gorbachev was widely despised at home as the gravedigger of the Communist Soviet Union. He died on Tuesday at the age of 91, set out to revitalize their communist system through democratic and economic reforms. It was never his intention to abolish it, but he unleashed forces beyond his control and found himself occupying a shrinking middle ground between diehards intent on preserving the centralized power and separatists set on dismantling it. Gorbachev won the 1990 Nobel Peace Prize for his role in ending the Cold War and spent his later years collecting accolades and awards from all corners of the world, yet he was widely despised at home. Russians blamed him for the 1991 implosion of the Soviet Union, a once fearsome superpower whose territory fractured into 15 separate nations. His former allies deserted him and made him a scapegoat for the country's troubles. His tragedy was that in trying to redesign an ossified, monolithic structure to preserve the Soviet Union and save the communist system, he ended up by presiding over the demise of both the Soviet Union and the communist system. Uh, the world would, however, have been, would never be the same. What would have happened had Gorbachev prevailed instead of uh, Putin? be a different world today, wouldn't it? Well, President Joe Biden's public approval rating has fell modestly this week, uh, a poor sign for the Democrat Party hoping to uh, turn around the midterm elections on November the 8th. The two-day national poll found that 38% of Americans approved of Biden's job performance. The Biden approval rating hit 41% last week after they had some uh, legislative victories, but uh, they slipped right back down to 
I just can't figure out who this 38% of people who actually support Biden and think he's doing a good job. Anyhow, when Paul responded, this week we're asked to rate the, uh, the nation's biggest problems, the economy top concerns with a third of Republicans and a quarter of Democrats. While pointing to it at the top issue, Biden is baggage for the Democrats going into the midterms. His approval rating is underwater in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, two states he plans to visit on Labor Day to boost uh, midterm hopes. Don't think that's going to happen. I think he's baggage. The Pentagon officials have cons- uh, are concerned that U.S. ammunition stocks donated to Ukraine have severely depleted U.S. stocks, weakening the U.S. readiness in the event of a conflict. The Biden administration has drawn much of the over $13 billion in weapon systems and accompanying ammunitions the U.S. had provided to Ukraine from existing arsenals. And while the Department of Defense has declined to disclose the number of ammunition rounds in storage at the beginning of 2022, before the Ukraine war began, it was taken uh, a few steps to replenish the stocks, sparking worries that the U.S. may not have the ammunition it needs for its own protection. And you notice the uh, oil reserves, those have been depleted. Now ammunition, uh, that's been depleted. Who's running this show anyhow? It seems to me the commander in chief should be taking a look at these problems. The Army plans to conduct a deep dive into the ammunition's industrial base to determine the best way to support Ukraine while retaining necessary supplies for the U.S. Army officials. Uh, said it will be requested an additional $500 million yearly for upgrades to ammunition factories and increasing the threshold of existing production contracts, but not yet signed any new contracts. Officials also said the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Milley, authorized monthly reviews of U.S. weapon stores to monitor readiness. However, defense industry leaders said the administration has not clearly communicated these changes. So um, what are we doing there anyhow? What are we doing over in Ukraine and supplying all these uh, ammunitions to, to the Ukrainians? And where are they, by the way? Who's accounting for all this? Makes me wonder perhaps some of them aren't being shipped to the Mexican cartels. Who knows? But certainly there's no accountability for what's happening uh, to these munitions. Well, the approval of Donald Trump's Truth Social on Google's App Store, which controls access to 44% of smartphones in the U.S., is being held up due to content moderation concerns, according to reports. As Google's decision hangs in the balance, a flurry of negative media coverage about Trump's platform is underway. Now, here we go again, trying to, uh, in some way, subvert uh, Truth Social. Uh, Google says True Social's approval on the Pace Play Store was being held up due to content moderation concerns. On August the 19th, we notified True Social of several violations of standard policies in their current app submission and reiterated they are having effective systems for moderating user-generated content is a condition of our terms of service for any app to go live on Google Play. Well, True Social CEO Devin Nunes Former congressman from California has expressed frustration with the tech giants and transigents. I don't know what's taking them so long, said Nunes in a recent podcast interview. They dispute about uh, so, true social presence on the Play Store is receiving a flurry of media coverage and comes shortly after the New York Times published a hit piece about QAnon, content on Trump's platform, based on data from a partisan establishment organization, NewsGuard. As Google's decision whether or not to approve True Social hangs in the balance, it appears that the media is attempting to influence the tech giant's decision. The smartphone uh, market is a duopoly, with 99% of the smartphone users in the U.S. using either Apple, Apple's iOS or Google's Android operating systems. True Social has been approved by Apple, which controls about 55% of the market in the U.S., but not Google, cutting off the app and former uh, President Trump's primary method of communicating on true social or social media. This is unconscionable. Uh, True social has a clear-cut policy against threats of violence and other criminal activity, just like every other social media platform. I'm on true social. I've not seen one inappropriate comment from anyone on the platform. Axios' complaint appears to be that True Social's moderators occasionally miss threats of violence or fail to take them down speedily enough, but the same complaint can be made against every other social media platform, including Twitter, 
which has repeatedly failed to prevent threats of violence from spreading on its platform, including threats against high school kids and Supreme Court justices months after the uh, overturn of Roe, which precipitated an outpouring of threats and slurs against Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and some of the other posts, clear violations of Twitter policies remain on the platform. So there seems to be a double standard here. Here we go again, social media attempting to influence the outcome of the election and trying to muzzle uh, President Donald Trump. Something's got to be done about this. Hopefully, Congress will look into this. Well, the Office of Personnel Management is actively helping public unions recruit more members, and critics are calling it a major conflict of interest. OPM recently released uh, updates to FedScope, a public database of federal employees that will now allow union leaders to recruit those employees to uh, grow the number of uh, members on their roles, and as a result, of course, the money in their coffers. The decision by the Office of Personnel Management to uh, help unions identify additional organizing opportunities in the federal government is concerning but utterly predictable, said Maxford Nelson, Director of Public Labor Policy at the Freedom Foundation. In fact, it's just the latest in a string of related efforts by the uh, Biden administration to promote unionization. Now, mind you, uh, federal employees now have a choice about whether they want to participate in uh, the unions, and uh, right now this is in the face of, of those policies now. This is, it comes from a Supreme Court ju- decision. In the private sector, companies can work hard to prevent unions from forming because they can uh, cause costs to balloon. The federal government, though, is less motivated since those added costs are simply passed off to taxpayers. On top of that, critics point out that the supporting unions with taxpayer funds can help big political benefits for elected officials. President Joe Biden issued an executive order in April of last year stating plainly that the policy of my administration is to encourage workers uh, organizing and collective bargaining. That included the creation of a labor task force to the end and put uh, Vice President Kamala charge, uh, Harris in charge. <laughs> Well, I guess he's not so concerned about that policy. Anyhow, the unions have been grateful, publicly thanking Biden administration for his help. The National Federation of Federal Employees thanked Biden in a press release last week for the OPM tool. Just on, if you can imagine this now, every agency in the federal government is basically trying to unionize and increase the number of union members in their shop. That's just an incredible conflict of interest and should be disallowed. Well, this uh, segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. 
The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Andrew Joppa. Right now we have with us Bob Levy. He's an author. He's a constitutional scholar and chairman of the Cato Institute. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. Good to be with you. Thank you, Bob. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank headquartered in Washington, D.C., and devoted to private property, free markets, securing individual rights, and limited government. C-A-T-O dot O-R-G on the web. Thank you, Bob. So uh, right now, the student loan program that's been forgiveness or transfer uh, has been getting a lot of press and a lot of second-guessing right now about its constitutionality, among other things. I was, thought we might be able to cover that today. Could you summarize the Biden executive order on student loans? Sure. The, the executive order covers federal student loans, which, by the way, is 92% of all student loans, and it extends its COVID repayment moratorium until <clears throat> the end of the year even though I think we'd agree there is no COVID emergency at the moment. And, by the way, unemployment among college grads is near a record low of 2%. Uh, The order also cancels $10,000 per debtor for any person earning $125,000 or less or any family earning $250,000 or less, which, by the way, excludes only the top 5% of uh, earners. And if you get a Pell Grant and you also have student loans, then that $10,000 becomes $20,000 of forgiveness. Unbelievable. So what's the cost of the program and who does it help? It's a huge cost. Estimated, uh, I've seen estimates varying from 250 to $500 billion. And mostly it helps the winners. Uh, the average person with a bachelor's degree earns an estimated one and a quarter million dollars more over their lifetime than somebody uh, with a high school diploma. Uh, two-thirds of taxpayers do not have bachelor's degrees. And by the way, the largest student loans are owed for graduate and professionals hmm. schools, uh, hardly the least advantaged folks. So this is regressive. Higher income people are much more likely to borrow, and when they borrow, they borrow more uh, than lower income people. Amazing. So what's likely to be the impact on college tuition? Inflation. um, Inflation-adjusted tuition and fees and room and board at uh, four-year nonprofit private colleges uh, were up uh, 86%. Uh, from 1990 to uh, 2021. Hmm. Uh, Public four-year institutions uh, were up 118% over that time period. And the Federal Reserve of New York has found that for every $1 increase in subsidized student loans, colleges raise their tuition fees uh, by 60 cents. So the net effect of this forgiveness is to give more money to the colleges, not so much to relieve 
the borrowers, they end up paying the higher price. So, Bob, everybody knows that uh, Congress has the power of their legislature, the uh, House of Representatives, the power of the purse. Does this HEROES Act give Biden the authority to bypass Congress? That's what he's claiming. Uh, it authorizes the Department of Education to, uh, and this is a quote from the act, waive or modify any statutory or regulatory provision applicable to the student financial assistance programs under, under Title IV of the Higher Education Act, as the Secretary of Education deems necessary in connection with a war or other military operation or national emergency. And then the Secretary is instructed to determine that covered bars are not worse off as a result of having been affected by this emergency that is presumed to have existed. So, uh, you know, what's the, what is the emergency? What are the likely legal challenges to Biden's executive order? Well, I think there are at least three grounds. First, you noted that I said waive or modify. So the one question is whether waive or modify uh, covers cancellation, which is quite a different matter. Yeah. Secondly, whether, whether COVID now qualifies as a national emergency. And third, whether... Every low- or middle-income American uh, whose debts are canceled under this program was, quote, affected by the emergency. And as you pointed out earlier, the Supreme Court um, <clears throat> has determined that it's, a, it's Congress, not the president, that has the power of the purse. And converting loans into grants is equivalent to spending, and, and that would require a congressional appropriation. And then finally, uh, the Supreme Court held in the very last case of the final of last term that Congress has to provide a clear statement of authorization when an agency takes on a major question. Oh. So clearly, this student loan cancellation is a major question, and the HEROES Act hardly qualifies as a clear statement. It couldn't be uh, less clear. So it sounds like you have your doubts about the constitutionality of all this, but uh, yeah, the quick thing I've heard is that uh, well, the the bar for standing or or being able to file a claim against uh, this and have it uh, have standing is uh, pretty minimal. Who has standing to file a lawsuit against this? Well, plaintiff has to demonstrate uh, concrete and particularized injury from the program, and that blocking the program would fix the matter. Uh, so. An objection by just a taxpayer isn't sufficiently particularized because all the taxpayers um, have the same injury. Uh, somebody who's already paid his loan isn't harmed because others don't pay. Uh, Congress isn't allowed to sue just because it happens to disagree with the president's interpretation of the statute. The state governments aren't injured uh, since forgiving federal loans doesn't impose any burden on them. So I think the best bet for standing is one of these loan service uh, companies huh. that uh, is a federal contractor and is going to lose money under this plan. But the courts may not let contractors challenge uh, federal regulations simply because the regulations reduce the profits that the contractor uh, might otherwise have realized. So there, there is this other possibility, again, you alluded to it, if the Republicans take control of Congress – uh, they may be able to challenge Biden's usurpation of the appropriations uh, power. Uh, that is the power of the purse. Hmm. So no doubt there are lots of lawyers that are thinking uh, pretty hard about all of those options. This just seems, <laughs> that's a lot of tamales, a half a trillion dollars to, to, for, for the president of the United States set to, on a whim just to do that with some sort of a fine print. So what's leg, what legislation might be possible with the uh, Republican Congress? Well, the Congress could say that the president doesn't have the power to do this. Uh, the Congress could say, with respect to graduate programs, no more for the federal loans. That would make sense. And the Congress could hold colleges liable uh, for a portion of any unpaid uh, loans, which would incentivize lower tuition and, and also incentivize the colleges to make sure they engage in job placement. The problem, though, is even if the Republicans take control, 
uh, there would be a Senate filibuster and there would be a Biden uh, veto. And there's also the political dynamics. Uh, the Republicans will be blamed uh, for this. Uh, and, and the reason that matters uh, a lot is that uh, it, it comes from public choice economics. That is the concept of concentrated benefits and diffuse costs. So there are relatively few people, namely students, who benefit from this government largesse, and they're going to fight like crazy to retain their benefits, which, after all, are a heck of a big number, 20000 bucks if you have a Pell Grant. And they're going to be extremely grateful to the politicians who provided those benefits. On the other hand, the people that suffer are the millions of taxpayers who have to foot the bill. And they're not going to know how much it costs each of them. It's a relatively trivial amount. And accordingly, uh, they will act, I think, in a manner that, that you know, they forget about this problem, uh, certainly before the November election. And so that notion that's concentrated benefits and diffuse costs, that's why we have these government programs yeah. growing and growing and they almost never go away. Yeah. Bob Levy, again, chairman of the Cato Institute. I really appreciate that clarification, Bob. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. Bob, really appreciate your contribution here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you, Bob. Thank you so much, Bob. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, You'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets and find out more by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Andrew Jopper, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Andy. Always appreciate your commentary here on the show. You know, usually like to start off with some good news on Wednesday. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I've got a few more comments than normal as it pertains to good news. Uh, the first part will be actually good news as far as I can uh, determine. The second part will be good news because of uh, what these stories expose about the reality of the left. So uh, let me start out with the real good news. I, I, I'll put it in that category. Um, perhaps 20 whistleblowers have come forward from the FBI as it pertains to the suppression of information on the Hunter Biden uh, laptop. Uh, now, for those that are not aware, the Hunter Biden laptop um, has re uh, revelations that uh, would, it, would indict him, uh, his, his uncle, and perhaps even his father. 
Uh, it was reported with polls that at least 17 percent of the voters for Joe Biden in 2020 would not have voted for him if there was any awareness at all of the content of the uh, of the of the laptop. That's a significant uh, manipulation of the the election outcome by the FBI in suppressing that. Now, amazingly, uh, I guess the day before, Attorney General Merrick Garland has said that no one can come forward directly to Congress. They have to go through the FBI internal office first. <laughs> it's amazing to believe that we're talking about whistleblowers, people who are violating, uh, I'm going to use the word advisedly, violating the internal uh, codes of the FBI. Those people have to get approval to do that, apparently through the internal office of the FBI. Uh, just absurd. And, and while I'm speaking a little bit about this specifically, uh, Ray, when asked a question about the, the agent Thebault who uh, is re resigning or was fired from the FBI, uh, would not answer any questions because it was a personnel issue. The point I'm making here, Bob, is that here we have the director of the FBI in an extremely politically charged situation where America deserves the understanding of what happened. Ray begs off on the basis of it being a personnel issue and refuses to answer the congressional question. I, I find those type of barriers being put up are are, are outrageous from a man in his in his uh, in his capacity. Bob. Yeah, and how about uh, Merrick Garland uh, say, saying that you can't contact the federal government if you're a whistleblower? I mean, that's unlawful. The guy, it's just amazing how they're uh, well, they're just in a real bad defensive by, situation. By definition, a whistleblower <laughs> is in fact outside the uh, the procedure of their organization. That is what makes them a whistleblower. So for Garland to suggest that they have to go through a uh, apparently a screening or a filter in the internal office of the FBI is just uh, self-defeating in its implication. Uh, and of course, the, as across the wide expanse of the federal government, uh, once again, Garland is tone deaf to the reality of what's going on in America. They don't seem to care about the implications of these things. It, uh, it's, it worries me in that sense, Bob, that yep. they're, they're so bold in these absurdities. Uh, they seem to have a, a, an unearned confidence in what lies ahead. And it's that unearned confidence that really bothers me, Bob. It is. Uh, they they need some PR help. Believe me, they just they're stepping on their toes and uh, all wrapped up in their underwear. They just it, it looks so ridiculous. I don't know if other people see it the way I do, but uh, it looks so unprofessional and incompetent. Well, in almost every one of the situations that we're dealing with, whether it's Mar-a-Lago, January sixth, uh, uh, or the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop, <clears throat> you know, the, the public opinion is uh, strongly in favor of what you would call, I guess, your opinion, and I would call my opinion. Uh, so this is, uh, the left is not yielding to, the, to the, pop, the popular position. They are absolutely rejecting that. And again, as I said, Bob, that, that rejection of the popular opinion, which theoretically can be translated into votes in the midterm, that rejection bothers me. It bothers me, Bob, in the same way that Biden staying in his, be his, uh, his basement during the 2020 election bothered me. I asked myself, I asked friends, I said, why would he stay there unless he has an absolute confidence of the 2020 election uh, voter result? So this worries me in that same way, Bob. Mm, so interesting. Any other good news? Well, uh, Elon Musk uh, yesterday uh, came out strongly in support of the, uh, of the uh, creation of uh, larger sources of fossil fuels, uh, which I think is a positive in itself. Uh, probably Elon Musk went in that direction because uh, he's a smart man, Bob, obviously, uh, and he knows that if uh, electric vehicles are going to have a life in America of any, of any sort, that there have to be power production plants that is that are available to 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 power them and so the rest of the left just goes off mindlessly advocating two things which are inherently uh, contradictory one they want electric vehicles the other is they are trying to suppress the energies the energy sources that would power these electric vehicles elon musk at least realizes that if evs are going to sell and have a life that they need power plants that in almost every case will be powered by by fossil fuels bob so interesting by the way a little piece of trivia 
apparently, the term fossil fuels was developed by Rockefeller in order to drive up, you know, to make it appear more precious and therefore be able to drive up the cost of fuel <laughs> and energy. I, I think you've stumbled on the only thing I didn't know, Bob. <laughs> So, I mean, it, it is totally absurd. Can you imagine that? Which simply drives more business offshore to, to communist China. And uh, the, this whole electrical, you know, the the, the uh, vehicles themselves have to be fueled. What are they fueled by? Electricity. Where do they get the electricity? Well, from fossil fuels. Now, there's, there's no doubt. One of the most consistent questions I get uh, in conversations with uh, with friends is why would the left do this? Why would they so uh, willingly and obviously be damaging America, the, uh, the, 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 the supply chain, the food supply, the total energy system? And, you know, the answer is simply that fanatical ideologues will do this kind of thing for power. They will never suffer. The, these elitists on the left are never going to suffer as a result of this. And so it's, it's always hard to imagine uh, because good uh, people of, of good mind and, and sound moral mind uh, just can't understand the willful intent to destroy. And yet we've seen that historically. We are now seeing it, seeing it in America. Uh, what, uh, a few more things about this real good news, because I think there, these are important stories at this point. Uh, the Arctic ice remains above its 10-year average. Mm -hmm. This is something that was thought to be impossible. Of course, any of these deflections uh, from the, uh, the, the party line on climate change will not have any impact. But I think for those of us that, uh, that believe that the majority of what's being suggested in the climate change process is a hoax, a carefully constructed hoax, we can see this type of information in itself, the Arctic ice remaining stable for, 10, for its 10-year average uh, is, a, is a significant um, rejection of almost all of their carefully constructed uh, theories on climate change, Bob. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the globe is organic. It's breathing. It's alive. And uh, this, this all, you know, some, some ice is going to be melting. Other ice is going to be accumulating and growing. It's just the way the earth works. Uh, you, almost, you almost sound like a pagan, but <laughs> Andy, we need to take a little break. Can you stick I'll, around? I'll be here. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We continue our conversation with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Good to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Andy. So, uh, any other good news? Um, yeah, there, there was something that in terms of uh, Senate GOP candidate Blake Masters, who recently suggested that the Federal Reserve is being hurt by its affirmative action program. Now, the left media is saying that he's attacking diversity. He was not attacking diversity in itself. What he was saying was that the affirmative action process, as he saw it, and as many of us see it, uh, is hurting uh, the, the Federal Reserve. And by extension, much of our, of our society is being hurt by the same process. Suggested with affirmative action as a concept is the positioning of people in, in, critical, uh, in critical appointments who are not actually the most qualified for the job. That is the suggestion that affirmative action always offers. And I'm very glad to see uh, Blake Masters. I hope it doesn't hurt him. Uh, I'm glad to see him uh, raising this issue. I think at some point in time we have to have a discussion. The Supreme Court has mentioned on several occasions they were going to take uh, take on direct challenges to affirmative action uh, at, in its totality. I know you mentioned last week that they're they're bringing up some of the the collegiate processes. Uh, in terms of that issue, but I think it needs to be a far wider spread uh, than these focused positions. I think we have to reject the legality, total legality of affirmative action, Bob. I couldn't agree more. It's one of the worst pieces of legislation and, and policy that we've ever had here in the United States. I, just, I was reflecting as you were speaking about the Naples Daily News uh, bragging that they have an extremely diverse workforce. And I'm saying to myself, you know, you take pride in that. Why don't you take pride in the product that you're delivering right now? We're seeing the Naples Daily News get smaller and smaller with less and less news, out-of-date news, and many times just so biased in terms of their political stance. You know, wouldn't it be nice if they said, you know what, we are going to cannibalize the best news agencies around the United States, around the world, in order to get those people to come here so we can have a terrific news uh, media outlet? I, I, I have no idea why they don't go in directions of that sort. Uh, certainly, all of us are inundated with or without our consent by leftist uh, media. There's no way to avoid it. I, I would suggest right there, Bob, is one of the big differences between the left and the right. Uh, those of us on the right, we have to actively seek out information because it's scarcely available. Now, Fox may give us a little bit of that. But beyond Fox, it's, you have to really go out of your way to find the, the truth as it pertains to conservative issues. On the other hand, all conservatives are bathed in this leftist diatribe. Uh, so, you know, why a newspaper would, uh, would go in that direction when all they're doing is echoing the, uh, the voice of thousands of other leftist outlets uh, just doesn't make any sense to me. No, that's right. They are using the same language, the same phrases. It's just unbelievable. Although I've come to believe is we all needed to be taking a look at uh, several outlets for our news. Uh, because I think there's confirmation bias in all outlets, irrespective of whether they're conservative or uh, or liberal. So uh, yeah, just you can't. You have to draw your own conclusions. You can't allow anybody to inform you on uh, what's real. Absolutely, Bob. Um, let me. We're sort of getting tight on time, so let, let me just move on a little bit. I want to note the uh, the passing of Gorbachev. Um, Gorbachev was, many people think he was trying to uh, end the Soviet Union and communism. He was not. Those were the uh, unintended byproduct of Glasnost and, and Perestroika and his opening. And I, I laud him for that and taking down the, uh, the Berlin Wall. I think there were many positives about Gorbachev. On the other hand, his intent was to save the Soviet Union and save and reinforce communism. Right. So again, this is a, a man with mixed messages. I'm not condemning Gorbachev. He did several, as I point out, several, several good things. But on the other hand, this was a hard, a hard and fast communist of the highest order, Bob. It was, although I did opine and think about this question. What if Gorbachev had survived politically and Putin had not? Um, it's it's a hard it's a hard question to uh, to ask and answer. I think one of the the problems that uh, the Soviet Union then Russia be, 
uh, felt was uh, they had so uh, diversified their their uh, production systems, their agricultural systems, uh, to the um, satellite republics all in the Soviet Union, yeah. that when they became independent, Russia had major problems going forward uh, to recapture those essential resources that then were lost uh, as the uh, as the uh, uh, independence took place, Bob. Uh, but I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, no. Probably, I don't find any problem until now, let's say, if I do find a problem with Putin, uh, until it comes to Ukraine. Uh, he was certainly a Russia Russia firster. I think he uh, took the Russian economy from uh, absolute uh, deflated stagflation uh, and brought it to a point of relative success. Um, I think you reestablish Russia as a, a significant player in the world political process. So as a Russian leader, uh, and we can let's lay, leave out Ukraine for now. I guess we have to leave out Georgia and, and, and Chechnya, but let's, let's presume we're just talking about his impact on Russia. His impact on Russia, I believe, has been extremely positive. That's a great, great point, Andy. Of course, it's a kleptocracy, though, of all the... Uh the uh, warlords are all the uh, what is the word I'm seeking right now the the oligarchs, oligarchs thank you for that uh, are benefiting irrespective of what's happening with the people so hey I want to get your thoughts on this loan forgiveness program or loan transfer transferring it to people who didn't get to go to college what are your thoughts well most most of the absurdities uh, as associated with the uh, uh, Biden's plan to forgive uh, ten thousand or twenty thousand, twenty thousand uh, debt relief if they if they receive Pell grants, which would indicate they're in a lower income category. Uh, you know, all uh, ranging anywhere from five hundred billion to a trillion dollars at minimum in, in terms of of what's happening. You know, all of the uh, the inappropriateness of this, the the unfairness of it, the the students who worked their way through college and paid their way, uh, the the family that mortgaged their home, um, the, the, somebody who comes into college maximizes loans and, and gets a degree in gender studies and then and then can't make a living. So uh, most of these negatives have been uh, pointed out, and yet another situation where this goes forward in spite of the fact that the polling indicates a general resistance to these loan forgiveness programs. So once again, the leftist administration of Biden goes forward with something that will seriously or at least meaningfully impact on inflation, uh, and yet they, they still go forward with it. Uh, let, let me bring up – let me get your thoughts on my plan uh, for how this should take place. I call it SLAP, S-L-A-P. This is the Student Loan Adjustment Program. Here's my idea, Bob. My idea is that uh, one of two choices will be given to each debtor student. They can pay back their loan as it's scheduled. Their second choice is to pay back 3% of all earned income for the rest of their lives. Now, that sounds, I don't know how it sounds. It sounds draconian, I guess. But on the other hand, here's the benefit of that plan. Uh, first of all, they don't have to start paying till they're earning. Those that would make an enormous amount as a result of their college degrees would be paying more over the long run. Someone who doesn't work at all wouldn't pay at all. And so the, but the, uh, the, the, the resistance to the money flowing into the economy would not be there. All of the negatives that they say are associated with this extreme indebtedness would be gone. Now, there may be some flaws in my, in my SLAP program, but I think it would work. The 3% may have to be adjusted. Let me point out another thing as long as I'm in this area. I am amazed at the absolute lack of creativity that exists in our government. Now, my plan may not be the right one. I, I certainly would concede that. On the other hand, I haven't heard anything that would smack of creativity as it pertains to this issue, if there is an issue at all. Right. This takes me back, Bob, to the uh, when um, when Roberts declared the um, the Obama health care plan. Uh, it could not be a, uh, a penalty. It had to be a tax. Now, I would just suggest creatively, why didn't the Republicans just take it back to Congress and have it voted on as a tax, which was an obligation, and yet they missed 
they missed that essential point. Uh, I failed to see almost uh, in almost every situation, Bob, where there's any significant creativity being applied to these issues facing America. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, I'm not sure how I feel about the SLAP program. I do know that it's a heck of a lot better than just forgiving uh, loans as or transferring them to other people as the Biden administration. My idea would be, you know what? You signed a piece of paper saying you owe the money. Pay it back. <laughs> You know. I, look, I, I have no problem with that. I guess I would position my plan as if they're going to have one. If they're going to do it, I think this is this is the way to go. It just can't be outright uh, forgiveness because of what you said just now. And again, the issue of, of fairness. Uh, it is such an unfair process uh, that it's it's unacceptable. And it, by the way, again, in the polls, it shows up as being unacceptable uh, to the American people. Absolutely. Andy, we need to take just another break. Can you stick around? I'll be here. All right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. You can find out more at the website, thefga.org. We continue our conversation with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So uh, Fauci is almost disappearing now. He's decided to, instead of waiting until 2024, he's going to uh, retire and go on to other things in his life. Uh, what, what's up? What do you think? Well, I, I hope he's disappearing. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, let me take 30 seconds to do something somewhat personal, but I think it makes the point. Um, I had a student that I used to argue with. Uh, this uh, was a woman. She was extremely liberal, and we went at it for the whole semester. I just read something that she wrote on Facebook, and I'd like to take 20 seconds just to read it. Just, I guess to demonstrate the impact a, a teacher can have on a student uh, in terms of, uh, of giving them, a, I'm in a position as a better way of thinking. She says, but our great country, America, did deserve a strong pro-American president and got one in Donald Trump. Without his reelection, we are now on our way to our end. If Biden isn't made to stop the path he is on or forced to stop with threat of treason and or incarceration for corruption, we will surely collapse. It is time, it's time we understand that any political party that cares about its people and cares about this country would not do what the progressive left is doing to America. Now, it, that is only significant 
uh, if you understood who this student was when she first came into my class and where she is obviously now. So uh, I'd like to think that uh, good faculty members can have positive impact as well as uh, ideologues can have negative impact. Well, uh, congratulations to you. As a professor and somebody who has influence over this student, you got to feel very good about that. I must say, and I think it proves the point that uh, uh, you don't have to wrestle people to the ground and ha have them say uncle in order to win an argument. It can take time. Uh, you know, people can transfer and change their points of view based on the circumstances that they perceive and, and run into during the course of their lives. So that's how that influence has, has really supported and helped her and uh, the impact that you had on her life. So congratulations. And, and I would note that, I, you know, this is not to blow my own home, but I was faculty member of the year five times at Mercy College. Uh, always talking within what the world would see as conservative positions. I'd like to see them as truthful positions, obviously. But again, the students are extremely responsive uh, to information when it's given to them, well-documented, well-defended. Uh, and I think that's what I did. In this student's case, I didn't even know I had won, <laughs> in the sense uh, of, of converting, uh, until I read this piece on, on Facebook, Bob. Uh, well, well done, Andy. So uh, let's. Uh, what are your thoughts? We've just got a couple of minutes. What are your thoughts about Fauci and, and uh, what he's decided to do? Well, again, we don't know where he's going. I think he is going someplace uh, to try to avoid the implication of a Republican Congress, uh, please, in, in 2022. Uh, going into 2023. So I, I hope that is the reality. And I think uh, that is the way Fauci um, is rolling the dice. He thinks he's got to get out of there before uh, before the uh, the axe falls. So, um, you know, I think that's what's happening. Uh, I wrote a blog, which I think is significant. Uh, I think they're all significant, of course. But this one lays out um, Fauci's violation of the Hippocratic Oath. Uh, that is the oath that is sworn to by, by doctors, and in fact, all medical professionals swear to uphold the Hippocratic Oath. I titled the piece, piece Fauci's Hippocratic Oath. Uh, let me just point out a few of these things, and I, I laid them directly against Fauci's actions uh, during the period of time that he was uh, um, pressuring America in certain directions. We all know those directions, so I won't point them out at this time. One of the first things in the Hippocratic Oath is, first, do no harm. Right. Now, no case can be made that Fauci was even aware of, of the fact that there might be harm created. Even if you go forward knowing that there might be harm, it, the, the benefit always has to outweigh that, which means you have to have a, a cost-benefit analysis. Fauci never did that. Uh, it, it, the, uh, the Hippocratic Oath says it may be better not to do something or even to do nothing than to risk causing more harm than good. Right. Uh, let, let me just, um, it, it says, I remember that there is art to medicine as well as science and that warmth, sympathy, and understanding may outweigh the surgeon's knife or the chemist's drug. One, one more point, which is, and I think an important one, I will remember that I do not treat a fever chart, a cancerous growth, but a sick human being whose illness may affect the person's family and economic stability. In other words, the modern, the current Hippocratic Oath suggests that the doctor must be concerned with the family issues, uh, in, in specifics, uh, the economic stability of that family. Certainly no case can be made that Fauci had the slightest concern uh, with economic stability as businesses closed up and people were fired from their jobs for the failure to get uh, vaccinated by a drug, uh, a vaccine that has proven to be relatively ineffective, certainly as a vaccine, ineffective and relatively ineffective, even as a therapeutic, Bob. Yeah, it's just amazing. And it's led to so many bad decisions. The CDC, he's been complicit with the CDC, maybe with the FDA, I'm not sure, but uh, in order to push uh, big, big uh, pharma, and make sure these vaccines were pressed onto the American people. Of course, Joe Biden basically saying, you got to take these uh, vaccines. And uh, now you just take a look at the harm. We're seeing this adult uh, death syndrome, uh, adult uh, distress syndrome. People are dying in all age cohorts, mainly between 20 and 40. And it's just really a shame. It's people who are, don't have any disease at all, and all of a sudden they're just dying. Uh, and I think this is this is just absolutely 
I think it's 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 uh, I'm going to call it murder. It's just uh, it, or yeah, manslaughter. It's seen as murder. I, I have no doubt in my in my essay. I I describe. Uh, Fauci is the most destructive man in human history, and that sounds extreme, aside from political leaders, political leaders who have done some incredibly horrible things, Mao, for example. But in terms of outside the political arena per se, now he's, he's in politics, but you, you know what I'm saying, uh, political officials, uh, there's no one in the history of this planet that is actually harmed as many people as Tony Fauci. And in fact, as you're suggesting, his actions, uh, suppression of therapeutics, uh, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, uh, these things have resulted in the unnecessary death of, of thousands of people. I don't know how many thousands, but at least we can say that is true. So yes, uh, he has murdered. Uh, if we look right now at the absurdity of this, uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, has been banned from the United States Tennis Open. Knowing all that we know, how stupid can we be, Bob? Unbelievable. We still ban one of the healthiest men on this planet, knowing that these vaccines are essentially useless. Wow, we're allowing our southern border to cut people to come in without vaccines or without any kind of test whatsoever. Andy, as usual, we've run out of time before we talk about uh, run out of things to talk about. But I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining Let, us. Let's do an hour one of these. All right, Andy. Thank you. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests lined up for tomorrow. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>